0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Voorst. I'm also one of the pastors at Life Church. I want to thank you for listening and taking time out of your day to uh, pay attention to another episode of Table Talk Thursday. And it, this week it was just Pastor Daniel and myself, and uh, we discussed a, a couple of things, but there was a bit of a theme. Around really caring for one another well in the church. And it started with a little bit of a conversation around the spiritual gifts and eventually led to that. It was a great discussion, so I hope you enjoy it. I want to let you know that if this information, if this content has been meaningful to you, to go ahead and subscribe to this podcast, but also share it with a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, anybody that might um, benefit from this uh, content and grow in their faith as well. I also want to invite you to consider prayerfully uh, giving to Life Church Canton and the work that we get to be a part of. Uh, you can do that by going to lifechurchcanton.org slash give, and I'll put that link in the show page so you have quick access to that as well. And I want to thank you for making an investment in the work that we get to be a part of. Without further ado, here's Table Talk Thursday.
1: All right. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Table Talk Thursdays. Um, I am Daniel Fagbui, and I'm here with Pastor Jared. And uh, Pastor Nathan is out for, I believe, the week. Is it the week or? Yeah, the week. Uh, He's writing a great dissertation on how God created the universe. No, I'm joking. Uh, But he will be joining us uh, next week. Well, remember, all questions are welcome. Questions about the most recent sermon. Any questions about life in general. And questions are due in to us by Thursday, sorry, Tuesday evening. And um, if you get them in later than that is fine, we will put it on docket for the next next show. Any live questions will be answered as life, as time permits and life permits. Also wanna remind us to just continue to pray for our nation and all the issues that are going on in our world, to also uh, pray for our church too, that God will uh, bring healing to relationships and to families, uh, just in need of prayer in this season. Want to remind you of men's breakfast. Uh, one of the ways that we are looking forward to, as it were, resume life, um, care for each other too, is a fellowship that we will have on July 18th. So if you haven't registered yet, please go to our now page on Church, uh, canton.org. And if you're listening on a podcast, you're in the area, and you're a male, we do welcome you as well. So you can come on down and fellowship with us and enjoy uh, good food and good friends. So that'll be July 18th, at 9 a.m. at the church uh, campus, the church site. We'll be in the pavilion. We will be practicing um, all the guidelines that our our law of the land has given us. So do come on in and and fellowship with us. Well, uh, Pastor Jared, how are you doing today? How is life going in your neck of the woods?
0: Well, uh, for those of you who have been paying attention to Table Talk Thursday, the background looks different for me. those are all the books that I've read. No, those are not. Those were there before I even got here on staff. Um, I'm back in the church offices. So there's actually nobody here right now, which is awesome. I've gotten more work done than I could ever think or imagine uh, just in this space to be alone and quiet. And um, and so that's good. I am also very happy, Daniel, that you got yourself a new microphone. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> your, your voice sounds so much more beautiful. I'm I
1: appreciate it. you, brother. Yeah, I yeah. It. I felt like the lower range out here. I felt like y'all had all these divine spiritual blessings from God <laughs> in your microphone, and I'm sitting here with something that my kids should be playing with. But don't <laughs> work. yeah, I'm doing well. How about you? So doing well. Um, obviously you know that I lost my aunt. Um, yeah, yeah. A couple of weeks now, so that's interesting to even say a couple of weeks has gone by. The family, uh, my wife and kids are in Arizona, so um, I was telling brothers that I'm becoming a bachelor. He's like, nah, you still married. Uh, you just, you just, you just married living separately, right? So, uh, so I said, okay, that's right. That's right. Good perspective. So, um, married, living separately. Um, and, um, I thank God for them that they're able to hang out with family and enjoy life with them because we don't know what could happen in the next few weeks, few months. So, so doing good on those ends. Um, not necessarily mourning, um, the loss of my aunt, um, Mm -hmm. as I am mourning, um, some of the things that were left behind and yeah. the the opportunity that we're going to get soon to actually tell my grandmother, hmm. which is interesting because she doesn't know yet. Oh, uh, wow. So my grandmother doesn't know yet. And it's huge in the Nigerian culture and specifically in the Yoruba culture. It is a huge taboo for your children to die before you. Hmm. I'm sure all cultures feel that in some extent, right? Yeah. You yeah. want to outlive your, you want your kids to outlive you. Right. But in the culture, it's super huge, right? And this is her second daughter um that's passed away so hmm. it's huge in many ways because even when she lost um my other aunt uh in 98 um and she was like what what else am i doing here i need to hmm. go god take me um, yeah um and uh, you know she she was able to recover from that and and appreciate the sovereignty of god that's one thing about the nigerian culture the sovereignty of god is always in play
0: hmm.
1: um, and so yeah so so i'm 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 mourning if you will yeah the heartbreak that she's going to
0: experience soon
1: um, and hoping we could shield her from that. But we have got to at some point tell her because you can't keep telling her she's abroad and she's in Germany or she's somewhere else yeah. getting treatment. You know, So, yeah, so so I'm praying for that um, and hoping that the Lord would give my grandmother peace and my family as a whole peace yeah. as we go through this. But I stand firm on the truth of scripture that the Lord give it and the Lord take it and blessed be his name. Yeah that's good he's blessed in whatever circumstance we are in yeah Yeah. thanks for asking brother i
0: appreciate that absolutely
1: good well our first question that we have on tap i feel like we've answered this but i'm not sure i don't know i keep yeah i keep leaving it there because it keeps being there yeah um (laughs) so it was our sister jasmine jasmine (laughs) asked the question uh when a, so she's speaking in regards to when we're preaching and teaching and we have the slides on the state on the um, on the screen and uh, we highlight certain words and so she says when a bible verse on the screen during the sermon uh, when the bible verse is on the screen during the sermon parts of the verses are highlighted in different colors does the specific color represent something Oh, that's good. I actually understand that question differently right now, actually. Yeah. So it's not so much that why do we highlight, but it's that when we use multiple different colors, yeah. um, do they mean something? Uh, yes, yeah, sister, it's spiritual language. Um, <laughs> and only those who who have been indoctrinated are able to decipher the codes that the Lord is. No, I'm joking. And this um, is why, I'm why I'm speaking for me.
0: listening right now.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Like, she she might be. She's yeah. one of our favorite people. She might have just turned on, like, right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs>
0: She just knew you were going to be sarcastic. Uh,
1: of course. Of course. Yeah. I love my sister. And I got, yeah, that's good. I got to get at it. She's the sister I never had. I, yeah. I love her. Actually, I got a couple of sisters uh, at Life Church now that I that I never had. Uh, <laughs> but all that I want. And I'm thankful. Yeah. For her. For that's
0: her. good. Um,
1: but yeah. So I think for me, and I'll, I'll, I'll speak for me specifically, because I know Nathan does sometimes multiple colors. I typically yeah. st- stick to just two colors, which is a base color, which could be white. It's not like I'm about to paint a house. A base color um, of white or whatever else and then I will highlight something so for instance I love to alliterate a lot one of the reasons I do that is so that people can remember it uh, (coughs) excuse me uh, and not just to be fancy um, but just so people can remember it it ties in it stays in and it captures the text and so the words like so like a couple of weeks ago I did um, the cognition of Christians the conduct of Christians and the conversation of Christians and so in that that sort of those phrases, I would highlight uh, cognition, conduct, and conversation, and I would make that a different color so it could pop and stand out. Sometimes when it's a verse, uh, and I want to highlight a word in a verse or a phrase in a verse that I feel like captures the meaning of the entire paragraph of the scripture, and that's where I want to sort of direct your attention to, I'll highlight in that sense. So I highlight just to bring attention to it, and I think uh, Jared, you've been very instrumental in helping me, helping us refine um, how we put those slides up uh, in learning um, how to rethink how we've learned to right. put slides up in terms of what we bold, what we don't bold, and what we um, what we underline and what we don't underline, and what we enumerate and don't enumerate, un- and how many things go on pages. So thank you for that. That's been super yeah. helpful to put in the arsenal. That's a word I could have used this weekend, arsenal.
0: Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so it's good. So. <laughs> Guy. <laughs> anyway anyways good. Uh, yeah so how about you brother? Well my answer is easy. I don't I actually don't use different colors uh, in my in my um, PowerPoint presentation or my slides or anything like that it's pretty much just plain Jane um, uh, white text on black slides so uh, well actually that's how I create them ahead of time and then uh, and then I think Steven is our man that puts puts together the, the yeah. formatted slides with the series. So I actually I don't use any specific colors to highlight anything. Um, I not trying to not be creative. I just, uh, just don't do it. You um, but I, uh, you actually jogged my memory about something. I think, you know, cause there might be somebody listening right now, uh, in your job, you might have to do, uh, presentations and you might have mm. to use slides or PowerPoint. We actually, as a teaching team, we looked at, um, it's a, it's a Ted talk, um, from, I think a Swedish guy who talks about, uh, PowerPoint presentations and what's more effective. It was just really interesting and fascinating um, because it it included human psychology and what people actually think about and what they can retain. So if in your job you have to present slides for anything, I would highly recommend it. I'll, I'll look for it, Daniel, while you're answering the next uh, time, the next t- time you're answering a question here, I'll look for that uh, link and I'll, I'll put it in the comment section if anybody's interested. But yeah, I don't use any colors. Absolutely
1: yeah absolutely um you are the purest among us um, <laughs> sure yeah but I'll there is a huge psychology behind color even yeah. behind language um i yeah. remember when i was managing properties back in the days i would um use red uh for to draw the attention orange to draw the attention to uh you know one bedroom boom and then you decide to do free and people will you know and you saw a difference yeah in how many people how it caught their eyes How it caught the sort of lights in the eyes when they were at a stop sign. So psychology mm-hmm. um, is a blessing that we can use and we can bring all these tools to the benefit of the gospel. Right. So,
0: yeah,
1: absolutely. Sweet. That's all right, cool. And we do have a next question is actually for you, yeah. Pastor uh, Jared. So yeah, uh, if you can't find that thing, I will find it and yeah. I will post it. Um, or you guys could just do your Googles yeah. and, <laughs> and look and say Ted talk. Um, uh, what is it called? PowerPoint. Yeah, I think it's called PowerPoint. Yeah. It's really good.
0: Yeah. yeah, really good. yeah. Uh, so this next question is from Antoinese, um, and she starts by saying "Hello, hello, Pastor Daniel." Um, but I'm just going to insert my own name, so I, <laughs> I, I hope she's okay with me inserting. Brother, we question. look like we
1: look like each other. That's right.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can yeah, easily let get me, mixed Let up. me hype it out a little better. Here we go. <laughs> Boom. Uh, perfect. That looks great. Um, she said, "I've grown up in church all my life, and I've seen some churches place a big focus on the gifts of the Spirit." And some have placed no focus at all on these gifts. Can you explain 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 10 to 12, although we think she means chapter 12, verses 10 to 12, and how we as the body of Christ can help our members identify and grow their gifts? I believe that helping our members grow in their gifts will make the church stronger. So just for context for everybody that's listening, uh, I'm going to read the section from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. um, No, I'm sorry, chapter 12, verse 10 to 12. Um, and it says this uh, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. I'm going to back up just a little bit because that sounds like the end of a sentence. Uh, Paul starts off by talking about uh, he says this, now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the spirit, the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. So um, just to give you some context, uh, Paul is talking about uh, God giving the church these different uh, unique gifts of the spirit. And um, and part of the reason for that is because they, they all provide something to equip or to edify the body of Christ. Um, and, and God has enabled people uh, to do that. And specifically, it comes up in the Corinthian church. And then later, they talk about how to uh, sort of use those gifts in an orderly fashion in chapter 14. Uh, because part of the problem in the Corinthian church is that there was some, uh, some abuses with those gifts. And some were using gift of tongues, for example as a means of elevating their sort of spiritual status, for lack of a better term, uh, above others. That doesn't happen. (laughs) No, never happens. Never happens. Right. And so, and then Paul goes on to say, if anybody desires a gift, you should desire the gift of prophecy. Um, But then in between that is chapter 13, which we've talked about before um, during our cross equals love series. And that goes on to describe um, love is the greatest of all. If I have gifts, Um, if I can give, if I can speak in the tongues of man, but do not have love, I am nothing. Right. And so love is, is the ultimate uh, achievable uh, gift of God that you and I participate in. So to get to your question, um, some churches put a huge focus on it. Others don't. Um, yeah, I think, I think absolutely it is incumbent upon us as a church to recognize the gifts of the spirit. Um, to to allow God's Spirit to work within us, uh, to renew us, and to allow those gifts uh, to be manifest for the sake of the body, uh, to build up the body of the church, uh, the church of God. And so, um, the other question you ask is, how do we grow in those gifts? And I would say, um, you know, there's probably some great resources online for how you can continue to develop in your gifts. More specifically for us at Life Church, we do talk about this in the life journey process. so one of the courses that focuses in on spiritual gifts specifically is the Advance course, and we really uh, speak more to the details around each of those gifts and try to help identify where people are at, kind of how they 're wired, and help them grow within those spiritual gifts for the sake of the body as well. I have um, been in some church context context um, where this has been abused. Actually um, I was a youth director for a long time and we took our kids uh, to a camp that had a specific denominational affiliation, which I'm not going to say right now, just because I don't want to create confusion. Um, but this particular group um, put a major emphasis on speaking in tongues. And so um they, they had whatever guest speaker was there for that week of summer camp, get up, give a message about the Holy Spirit. And then they would just highlight speaking in tongues. And then we would stay there for the next two hours with middle school kids um, till like 11 o'clock at night. And the, the, the Speaker would sit there and say, "We're going to pray that everybody in this room receives the gift of tongues, and we're not going to leave until everybody has received this gift." And we, just, it was a very manipulative, very uh um, like very, a hostage, yeah, hostage situation. Yeah, it was it was very unhealthy, and um, the kids that that were in our youth group were not part of that denomination. Um, we and so so they they weren't used to that teaching. Necessarily. And so we actually had to do more uh, follow up work with our students because they all came away from that experience feeling like, oh, am I not a Christian because I can't, I can't speak in tongues. Is that what that means? And so I I just imagine that there might be some who are watching now or some who are going to listen later on. Um, where that may have been an experience where uh, you've been manipulated into a gift of the Spirit and it didn't maybe happen in the way that you expected it to. And so that caused you to question your faith. And I just want to say that's that's not the heart of God. Um, That's not how he moves. That's not how he chooses to to use his gifting for you uh, in terms of manipulation. So um, that's just one little anecdotal thought to add on to that important yeah yeah i mean i
1: i i've I've experienced a lot of people being harmed by that Mm -hmm. well i mean a lot of people being harmed period by spiritual abuse but specifically in the area of tongues i remember going to um i was was an itinerant minister some years back and i traveled to go have a revival at this church and that was the first time i learned that i need to do my research on the church that invites me out to speak (laughs) it was helpful yep um and so i finished preaching uh, not about gifts, but just about um, the fruits of the spirit, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And um, and they turned into this, quote-unquote, revival service, which was interesting. And the pastors kept on grabbing this young girl in her stomach, saying, it's coming from your belly, speak. And he's telling him, like he's like, speak, I rebuke. Like, he's rebuking all these things, these demons, mm-hmm. apparently, that's blocking her throat from speaking. And he literally punches her in her stomach. And then she like belts over, and he's like, yeah. "Yeah, there it is. It's being released." I'm like, "Yeah, I think you just ruptured something in that girl's stomach. That's what's being released at this. Point. That's abuse." Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I just I was like, "Yeah," I, I, I had a conversation with the folks after. I was like, "I can't come here ever again." And that's abuse. um mm-hmm. yeah. uh, And someone needs to do something about that. So yeah, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. But I think this also speaks about a bigger topic. Is well, not a bigger topic, but the ongoing narrative that we always talk about, which is. Uh, we as people of God need to understand how to study the scriptures because Mm -hmm. then we can have an understanding of what's going on. Now, classically, um, you know, I, I, well, not classically, but in terms of positions wise, I I would be a non-cessationist, right? I would be a continuation. I believe the gifts still exist. Yeah. I do think that like Paul says, there's order to them Mm -hmm. Uh, and specifically about tongues. A lot of things that people consider to be tongues biblically just doesn't Just doesn't add up right that dog doesn't hunt when you look at it biblically you start to parse out what it is um and especially the area where paul says it's not for your own edification it's for everybody else i think that's important that's if there's anything that i would probably talk on because we can go on about this is it it needs to be done for the benefit of the body right but the benefit of everybody else. And so whatever gift you have, even if it's not this quote unquote supernatural gifts of the tongues and whatever, if it's just a gift of teaching, if you're doing that just to make yourself look better, uh, then your heart behind it isn't right. And it it definitely calls it in question whether or not you're glorifying God with
0: that. Right. Right. Well, and you even mentioned the fruit of the spirit too. So like (laughs) going, going back to this camp experience, um, you know, we just have this incredible high spiritual moment in the evening with all these kids who are all of a sudden now, you know, speaking in tongues, or maybe they were just, um, some were just <laughs> faking it. And, and I think some of them, should have yeah, <laughs> um, b- because they just, they want to be accepted because that's where they're at development, developmentally. Um, but then the next day, uh, you know, we'd be playing camp games and you would just see this like horrible attitude and behavior, um, mm and competition in, in some of these kids. And you're just like, you know, you were just like less than 12 hours ago, you were raising you, your hands in worship. You were in a, the third a, heaven, just, just allegedly bringing down all kinds of blessings. Right. So, and I always wondered like, how is it that one receives such powerful gifting, um, spiritual gifts, but somehow lacks the fruit of the spirit. Mm, Art, mm. Don't, doesn't the same spirit provide both, uh, both gifts mm, and fruit. And so the fruit of the spirit yeah. of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, yeah. even, you know, and like I found, you know, a handful of these people lacked <laughs> in the fruit, but had all the gifts. And so, all the gifts mm. um, it was always just conflicting for me. So I think, I think more than testing your ability to utilize the gifts of the spirit, also check your heart in terms of the fruit of the spirit, because I think that's an, equally as important. Yeah, I mean, John MacArthur used to say something, and probably the only thing he said that's right nowadays.
1: <laughs> um, but John, and I appreciate his exp- exposition sure. of skill, sure. but when it comes to the matters of the gospel implications and areas that are pretty clear in the Bible, yeah. he's very selective.
0: Um, yeah,
1: But I think the big thing that I found, and I, again, I love the brother, I, I, I love the man, I've had the privilege of meeting him at least once or twice, and <laughs> His, his his ability to exposit scripture is just, it's a godsend. Mm. Uh, which then begs the question is, how do you exposit that well
0: over here? Well, right, right.
1: But not so much over there. And again, it's not to say that I've got it all figured out. We sure. all have to keep checking ourselves, make sure we're being faithful to the text. But one of the things he said that resonated with me from day one was, if God was giving out gifts, now, now, spoiler alert, John MacArthur's a cessationist. Mm. So, lesson um but he says that um he said that if god was giving out spiritual gifts why would he give it to people with bad doctrine hmm. it's kind of it's, it's a little bit different from what you were saying in terms of bad practices sure. versus bad, bad doctrine yeah. but i think that's exactly the context of first corinthians yeah yeah they were struggling we just you just read that right you were like right. like oh, really in this in the body people yeah. could harm each other with yeah. with spiritual gifts so it, it definitely points to the fact of whether or not you have the gift to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, it, it, I think it, it it becomes a hindrance in the sense of, um, man, like you're, you're more concerned about the gifts than you are about one, the giver of the gift, right? The purpose of which God has given it. And that, that again, even the devil transforms himself to an angel of light. Yeah. So you know, everyone who says Lord, Lord, Lord doesn't belong to lord right right that's why paul continues to urge us remind yourself check yourself uh, examine yourself to see whether or not you are in the faith Mm. it's an ongoing process i mean Mm. there's people that might be listening to us now or in the future who are claiming to be christians and have never checked and examined their faith since day one um so and we don't do that about anything else right we're we're always sort of refining so yeah man i think it's, it's helpful to just have a robust uh, appreciation for what God has said in his word mm-hmm. and then to apply it with that motivation of building up the body, building yeah. up people, equipping people and glorifying God. You do those two things, you know, you can't go wrong. So,
0: yep. Yeah. yep. Amen to we'll
1: that. It. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well I hope our sister is blessed by that. Yeah. But now we did talk about saying this cause the scripture she actually did quote. Oh, sure. Um, was, um, it's very yep. apropos yeah chapter 8 verse 10 to 12 uh it's very appropriate actually um and i have that in the new 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 international version yeah um, i'm also reading and, from the niv oh sweet cool so yeah. it says for for if someone with a weak conscience sees you, you now i'll give you context after this well let me yeah. give you context now yeah so paul is talking about food offered to idols um and he's just talking about, I guess we'll call it Christian preference, Christian privilege. Yeah. will explain that a little bit, because especially the word privilege, because I know it has some, some unintended baggage. consequences and yeah, baggage in our culture. But so Paul is saying if, if a Christian, if a brother or a sister in the Lord who is um, offended, if as it were, whose conscience doesn't allow them to partake in and also be okay with what you're doing, that they consider to be. Food or things offered to demons and idols, Paul says, for if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge, so you have enough knowledge to know that idols are, are, are nothing consequential in terms of in comparison to God. And he says, so if you're eating in the temple with idols, wouldn't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols as well? So this weak brother or sister of whom Christ died for is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way and wound their conscience, you sin against Christ. Now, you know, there's a lot to unpack there, but the point is Paul is saying is this, is that we need to keep in view of the fact, especially when we're engaging with other Christians, that that is a a blood-bought person and member of the body of Christ. And we should do our best at all times to care for them to care for their conscience. If they're hurting, even if it's something you're like, come on, you should get over that. That's not your approach as a Christian brother. Your approach is that, hey, listen, I might not understand the gravity of what you're facing, but I love you because Christ died for you. And Paul sort of ups the ante and say, man, you're sinning against Christ when you do that. Because that's a member of Christ's body. How many conversations, Jared, do you think people will just do better when they realize that sitting against Jared, is conscience caring for my brother Yeah. Is in a way it's sitting against
0: Christ. Yeah. Yeah. How many conversations have I been a part of?
1: I mean, how many conversations would just not happen?
0: Oh, (laughs) right. You know what I mean?
1: Like any antagonistic or even on Facebook, like attacking each other because you forget the fact that they belong to Christ.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, I've said and will continue to say, um, for a while now, I think entering into any conversation with a phrase like, hey, I've noticed this, help me understand that better. Um, or hey, I, I think this is what I think about this particular topic, issue, situation, whatever, but I could be wrong, I could be wrong. <laughs> so so, let me see it from a different angle. Like those, those kinds of phrases and statements in all of our conversations about anything, I mean, if we were still talking about food sacrifice to idols, you know, that that would be a conversation, although I don't think mm-hmm. that that's a conversation that's happening in 2020 anymore. Um, I, if, if we used those phrases daily in our marriages, uh, in mm-hmm. our church conversations, in our conversations with, um, in educational environments, I mean, just at work, I, I can't imagine how much better <laughs> our society might function um, mm-hmm. if we had the humility uh, to set aside our preferences um, and our beliefs, uh, for, for just a moment. Um, and I don't mean set them aside in such a way that we have to deny them, right. but, but try to seek understanding, um, uh, from who it is that we're in conversation with, um, so much better because it, that just, that just feels more Christ-like.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it well, is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, and I love, uh, you, you didn't say the last verse and maybe you were going to, but, Um, what Paul says is therefore if what I eat causes my brother to fall into Mm. sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause him to fall. Like I just think about Paul's giving up his preferences for the sake of somebody else's salvation. Essentially. Um, That that's, that is uh, the quintessential definition of, of humility, I think. Mm. Well, here's a question to our folks. All right.
1: If, if, The health and uh, benefit of your brother and sister in the Lord. Well, let me say it this way. Mm -hmm. Think of your most favorite dish or your most favorite thing to do. Your most favorite thing to do in the whole world gives you life. You love it. You've been holding on to it for years because it's good. It's not a bad thing. It's Mm -hmm. a good thing. Think of it from a, a good hobby, a good thing that you like to do. Yeah. If it offends someone or hurt someone's conscience, hmm. whatever it is you're doing, and this has implications that's going to go beyond this, but yeah. whatever you're doing, are you willing to give it up for the sake of that person? Yeah. What does that look like even when we talk politics? Hmm. What does that look like when we talk about policies and things that we are like, yeah, I love those policies, man, they rock with me. I'm in a certain tax bracket, and so those benefit me. But if those policies hurt your brother and sister in the Lord, you willing to lay them down yeah that's what paul says, if, paul says I, if it's going to cause a problem i'm i love meat. Paul says i love filet me i love the best <laughs> of the best you know what i mean i got kobe steak in the fridge but if i can't if if that's gonna offend my brother and sister in the lord i'm getting ready to put that in trash yeah i mean i'm not saying i'm living up to that brother. i'm that's a challenge at this point. so what ever, is it jared yeah that i'm doing that you don't like brother Talk
0: to me about it, and uh, I will stop it right now. Hey, listen, don't, don't Your listen. drinking of diet Mountain Dew offends me. No, it. Um, Good. Okay,
1: that's fine. So I'll no. go to regular Mountain. Dew.
0: Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Just get the Thank real you. sugar. I'm please. doing it for you. I'm yeah. doing it for you. Yeah. No, I. Um, so just just candidly, um, I would say that maybe the closest is, um, you know, we we have plenty of brothers and sisters who struggle with alcohol, um, mm. and, and are working through that and. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm at a social gathering or something and there's, you know, a beer or something like that or wine, and I stumble into a conversation with somebody who is choosing to abstain um, because either one, they, uh, they have a problem themselves or they have that in their family and so they're just uber conscious of it, I totally respect that and I, I immediately feel, I'm not t- trying to make myself out to be a hero, but my first thought is, oh no, I, I hope this isn't defending them. Um, and so I'll just ask. Like, I'm so sorry. I I didn't know that that's your story. Um, would you prefer if 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 I don't drink this? And sometimes I've had it where people said, "Yeah, I I would prefer that." And then, but uh, there's, there's been other times where people are like, "No, this is like watching you, you know, have a beer. Um, that doesn't affect me at all." um and so this is just something that that i have to do and then they'll go grab a soda or something like that but that's a that's a real that's a very real life scenario um for for our people in the body i think
1: i thought you were gonna say that they were gonna say that they were saying watching you drink the beer man gives me life i'm like well that's a whole (laughs) another (laughs) first of all you should not be vicariously enjoying this beer through yeah that's just not your problem no i've never Um, had that before (laughs) No, but I think about an instance where uh, we were growing up and I was in Nigeria. And um, again, just context culturally, cultural context-wise, not being able to have a child for many women in that mm. culture, yeah, it's very painful. Um, and so oftentimes you see in that culture when people are aware that you are quote-unquote barren or you are yeah. here and want deeply before a child, they mute how much joy they say around yeah. you about their child. Yep. That's huge. Yep. Um, it's not because they, they don't want to explain it. It's not because they don't want to share it. Um, I've got friends now that I know are looking to God for kids and, you know, I want to share that part of my life with them, but I'm also sensitive. Yeah. Um, especially in days, you know, cause cause for some people, man, we will talk about our kids in a very honest way and yeah. about some of the pains that they cause us or some yeah. frustrations. And I'm careful to not say that to someone who wants a child. Um, because I know they're, they're in their mind. They're like, I'll take that frustration. any day. Mm -hmm. that's what they're looking for. And it goes to anything else, right? Someone doesn't have a job and you are flaunting how you got a promotion and how you got a raise. Again, I don't want you to feel like you can't rejoice. Right. Um, because on some level, there is also a a sort of a counter argument that says rejoice with those who rejoice or with those who mourn. Right. It's not for me to tell her or them, you know, rejoice with me. Right. I have a child. You don't rejoice. Yeah. Um, i think scripture calls both of us to move towards a glorifying of god but those feelings are real if i want yeah. a child i want a job i need this i need that and you are flouting that in front of me um you know that's not caring for me. Mm-hmm. So i think that's some real life scenarios there too that right lead into it and there's a lot there's a lot of yeah. I mean, addictions and all that good stuff it's not just it's not just a, a sort of nebulous uh, or or neutral thing like drinking, um, yeah. in a sense, it could be, it could be, you know, an addiction. Yeah. Um, and, and so how you're flouting your freedom from addiction could be hurting someone else. Cause I've had people say that, I don't want to say how people are addicted to that. How, how could you ever be addicted to that? It's right. like, well, you're, you're flouting your freedom in yeah. Christ
0: yeah. in a
1: way that makes me feel like something's wrong with me. And that goes back to even the tongues conversations that what it creates is an atmosphere for either people to fake it. Yeah to not be real with each other or for people to wonder if God has for some reason forgotten about them. And yeah. if they're like the, for lack of a better word, the, uh, the illegitimate child.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, we, yeah we, and and not- all of, all of what you're saying, um, all the more draws attention to how important it is that, that we're connected with each other and that we know each other's stories, um, and are sensitive to, yeah, to what we're going through. And actually, I would just say this too. Here's a next step for people that are listening right now. On our now page, we have a button that says, share a story. This is why it's important that we know one another's stories is so that we know how to better care for one another. Um, so that when I enter into a social st- social situation with another person, um, and I know a little bit of their story and their context, I'm able to have that much more um, sensitivity and compassion uh, especially if it's, if it's something that has been a challenge for them, whether it be, um, you know, struggling with, with having a child or uh, a struggle with an addiction or, or alcohol or something like that. So I just, I have a greater view of how to best care for that person. So yeah, this is good. Yeah. yeah we're seeing people that that comments in this, in the comment section about this too. Just Oh, sweet. Any, just anything. Well, yeah. Just, you know, some resonating with, um, with the, the alcohol discussion and, and people who will, who will go out of their way to say, "Hey, you know, uh, would you prefer that I not drink or something like that?" Um, and then my wife made a comment too, but I'm not going to read that because I don't want to show favoritism. So
1: no, there you go, good job. Because someone else may not have a wife, yeah. <laughs> and you don't. You don't want. I, I don't want to play. I don't want to uh, uh, underplay that because I also don't want to create an atmosphere where uh, people are like, "Well, then I just can't talk about anything." No, that's, that's right. not what we're saying. Right. I think um, this, the statement that I've been hearing um, this whole week from different places is read the room,
0: learn to yeah. read the room. We should learn yeah.
1: to read the room better, learn to read as much as we can to care for each other. But even, you know, I think about it even from not just addictions in the sense of, you know, addicted to things that are bad, but also mental health. Yeah. Um, and how people take for granted, how quote unquote, normal they are. Well, that term has actually gone away now. We talk more about what's called neurotypical, right? This person is neurotypical, right? And so, and all that simply means is that all things being considered, this person fits the typical mode Mm -hmm. of a human being unaffected in the sense from mental mental illness. But let's be candid. Um, One out of five people struggle with mental illness. Mm -hmm. And that's the people that are aware of it. Right. We all, I believe, may not be psychotic, but we all definitely have neurotic moments. Mm-hmm. We all are creatures that are mental and physical, and all of those affect each other. Mm-hmm. If I, if you get fired today, that's a physical thing that happened to you, but it affects you to the, to the core. My aunt passing away a, a few weeks ago, it's a thing that is physical out there but it affects me to the core of who I am. And so we've got to really be gracious to each other. I'm just hearing the theme of caring for each other, caring for each other as it pertains to gifts that we may or may not have, caring for each other as it pertains to our privileges and caring for each other as it pertains to their Mm disprivileges and the things that they don't have that we have. And so, yeah, I think it's important for the body above all things to remember Paul's injunction as it were, do good to all people, but especially yeah. those who are in the household of faith. So I yeah. think it's helpful.
0: Yeah. Um, and Bettina actually asked a question um, that I think would be interesting to unpack. Uh, let me go back to finding that. Um, she said, is there a difference in the word offended in Paul's time than what we think of offended now? Mm. I'm trying to find.
1: That's cool. I don't know what the Greek word is behind that. Um, But I I know that an offense has to do in that in that day and age. Well, so I would say it's the same because it's the English word that is transliterated, right? So it may have to do with pricking the conscience, with hurting the conscience, with causing them pain.
0: Um, I think um, I think even when, uh, did you have the Greek word there? I, I don't have the Greek word, but I'm actually looking for the English. I, I I don't actually see any of the English saying the word offended. Um, if anything, I, you know, I, you were starting to talk about the conscience. Um, I do, I do see the phrase sin against. So yeah, uses that. Yeah. So I, I think that is a different term than just offending somebody by, you know, saying something mean to somebody. I, yeah. this is actually a, an issue of sin, I think. Is, is how I and, read and
1: offense, it. And offense can be sin, too, right? Yeah. If, yeah. It, again, it's, it's, if someone, an offense, so let's, let's, I think it's helpful to clarify, sin against me versus sin against God mm-hmm. is different in a sense. Okay. Right? So God is perfect. God is holy. God has no blemishes. And so a sin against God is multiple words that the Bible use, right? Particularly in Greek, it uses Hermosia, and uh, also another word that has to do with, uh, uh, but hermashia her
0: is usually the main word. It's and like it has missing, to do with, missing the mark, right?
1: Yeah, missing the mark, right? So you have yeah. an arrow, you shoot the arrow, you miss the yeah. mark. Yeah. In the Old Testament, there's multiple words, right? There's the missing the mark, but then there's also something called trespass, Yeah. Uh, which is where, like, let's say the line is at 50 and you go 51. Well, you're just a little bit over, but it's still a trespass. It means yep. you've stepped over the line of something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so in a sense, I could honestly sin against Jared and not necessarily sin against God. Right. Right? So so Jared could consider it an offense, right? So if I said to our brother Jared, you know, um, hey, man, you should probably stop drinking. Um, and he's like, I don't want to drink. And I feel offended that you would even have the capacity to, to do that. In the grand scheme of things, especially depending on how I say it, the motivation behind all that, that may not be a sin against God. God may be seeing that as actually me. Saying to my brother, I care about you. Stop drinking and stop getting drunk. Right. He's offended because in himself he felt like I crossed the line and I missed the mark that he decided. Yeah. So offense, and I think that might be the heart of what um, our sister might be getting at, yeah. is yeah. personal offense versus objective biblical offense are mm-hmm. two different things sometimes. Yeah, uh, not all
0: the time, but sometimes, right? No, but so, you're right. Oh, sorry. I mean, I was saying, yeah. Like, um, there's an interesting thing about uh, so David in Psalm 51, um, where he talks about, you know, I've sinned against you and you only. <laughs> mm. right? um, and mm. he's, he's referencing his sin with Bathsheba, uh, his sin murder against, of Uriah. Right? Yeah, like, I mean, Absalom. I mean, let's Absalom, cut, let's, I mean right. just name it out. Yeah, you know. but yeah. but it's almost like in his psalm, he's um, he he is. What is he he's relieving himself of his sin against humanity but but acknowledging his sin against god and yeah. goes a step further to say and only against god and um and i'd have to reread it again but there's a there's a book called misreading scripture through western eyes and yeah. and it talks about this passage like why why would david say it in that hebrew culture in that ancient culture mm-hmm. Um, that really—that's—that's that's what David is ultimately concerned with—is this this sin against God, yeah. and lesser so the sin against humanity, which I think is an interesting concept. And, and you were starting to to unpack that a little. No, more.
1: absolutely. I, I think I think David is pushing the imago Dei. Yeah, is that we were made in the image of God, which yeah. which, which which dovetails into our conversations about justice and all that's right. happening in this world, right? It's especially as a especially as a Christian. Right. Um you do not have this scriptural biblical godly backing to ignore the hurt and the pain of other people. Yeah. Uh, especially if somehow some way shape or form you might be indirectly or directly cause a uh, cause of that, right? So yeah. the scripture is is clear. It's like we were made in God's image. That's what David was pushing for, right? Is that I killed and murdered Uriah, someone who carries the blood of God. Right. I essentially raped Bathsheba. Most people don't mm-hmm. interpret it that way, but that's, yeah, right. that's what happened. Yeah. I'm a king. Yep. I, she's married. She I have all her the authority. From
0: a yep, go get her.
1: It's, this is listen. Brasheba is the number one Me Too culture. Yeah, like she's the she's the real. She's one. Not that she's the only one, but yeah. she is. She is one of those people that in this in this culture where men are being held accountable for atrocities for mm-hmm. their atrocities. She is a, a poster child of that. He's yeah. he he sees her. He takes her. He overwhelms her. He manipulates her. He gets what he wants from her, impregnates her, and then decides to murder her husband. Folks, that's another reason why I believe the Bible is true, because if I was faking a book, I would not put that in there. You wouldn't include it, yeah. And nor would I call him a man after God's eyes. Yeah. I'd probably call him a man after God's other parts, but not his (laughs) eyes, maybe his foot, (laughs) you know, because this is someone that is not living a right life. Mm -hmm. And I think those things are there, obviously, to remind us of. Vanity of humans, right? Right. We are flawed, we are fickle, and we are phony at times. But yeah. the point of that is that he sees any offense, godly, biblical offense, because God is clear that you should not take a life. Yeah. He sees that and he sees that as an offense against God. And that's why he says, Only you have I sinned. And you're, yeah. you're right, brother. Like it's like man, he you're right. He heightens it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, he could have been okay with human sinning, because on some level yeah, I can, I can, I can, you know, I can handle. That. I can, I can marginalize that. I can, I can, uh, I can rationalize it away. Rather, I can say, okay, you know, Uriah really deserved it. I told him to not stay in. The, I told him to come home. Right. I, you know, I told him to come home and you know, read that context, with folks. The soap yeah. operas ain't got nothing on the Bible. <laughs> um, not to mention when you start hearing what else he did after that with Absalom right. and his right. kids and 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 the, the the things that happened there. But I think the point of that text. of what we're saying to our sister is i would make a distinction between someone being personally offended Mm -hmm. um in a way that is uh that's different from someone offending you in a categorical
0: biblical way yeah that doesn't that doesn't mean that if i'm offended
1: because of something you did and it isn't sin in the eyes of god that doesn't mean that you still don't as a brother as a sister in the lord owe me something or I owe you something, which is back right. to where we started, which is, no, you know, if what I said to you, if that's going to hurt you that way, then I've got to be careful on how I say
0: it. Yeah.
1: Unless it's just truth like, hey, there's a Mac chart coming. I don't care how I say that to you. Right? If there's a Mac chart coming, I'm screaming that at you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, because we don't have time for me to say, hey, Bettina, how are you? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> yeah. um, 10 seconds from now, there's a Mac chart coming.
0: Right, um, right. You know what I mean? But yeah. in the same sense, how many things really fall into that urgent, Category. Right. Yeah, because that you actually bring up what I was going to bring up next in a comment. So again, trying not to play favorites, but my wife did add another <laughs> comment. <laughs> and that that I think is actually helpful to the other side of the argument, which you were starting to make. Actually, at, at what point is there a sense of urgency to where it's like, okay, now this person's preferences um actually has to take a back seat and I have to be faithful to what God is calling me to. So I'm just gonna read the comment. Uh, She says, sometimes following the Lord hurts others. So essentially, if we have discernment about that and are reading the room, we choose to hurt others in a way. We walk in faith and others misunderstand or don't understand, assume or speculate. It can be hard to trust oneself and our own sense of hearing God when it might result in a change of boundaries in relationships or relocation, et cetera, in order to grow in faith and serve the kingdom. And so I, I, I think what she's getting at I think is that there there is a line at which there there's some truth that you can't compromise. Is that how you read it as well? I, I would see that that way. I, I think there needs to be
1: balance, of course. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and this brings up a bigger question: um, is you know a lot one of the things I've experienced at Life Church Canton um, in, 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 more than I have in the past life but also less than I have in a past, past life. Anyway, hmm. it's, it's a, it's, mm-hmm. So I, I've, I've moved in within traditions, right? I've yeah. moved from yeah. a, a more charismatic, God is speaking, rebuke demons every corner, to a reformed conservative, then to something more in the middle, which is life church in a sense. Um, and so I, I'm i hearing this thing that's always been said back in the day, is that God told me this, God said this to me, yeah. God's doing this, God's yep. doing that. And that's why, folks, you will always hear me say, push scripture and say, let's go back to the text, because at some point we need a definitive, objective truth. And I know even in that we have problems, right, because people approach the text differently. Right. But I think more time needs to be spent on understanding what the Bible is saying and is not saying Mm -hmm. Um, because then that's what unifies us. The spirit unifies us, but he uses God's word, right? You know, uh, what is the first, uh, what is John 14, 26? talks about how the spirit will bring to your remembrance everything that I've told
0: you. Yeah, right.
1: Right. And so so the spirit is the spirit of truth. The spirit will not contradict God. And I've been saying that to folks for years, but I think it's helpful because I've grown in how I've said it. It used to be, you know, not so happy, you know, because I was like, I'm offended. <laughs> By you, by you doing what you're doing. But I think to, you, to uh, Danny's point is, no, it's just true. There's some things that the Spirit of God is gonna ask you to say. Um, the same spirit that tells you to be patient, is the same spirit that tells David, go and overtake them and conquer. It's the same spirit of the living God, there's balance. But how do you know you're hearing from God? Because God won't contradict his word. And so before you move, first, I think what's the first thing that has to happen? is that you have, a, have to have a humble heart to realize that you're not perfect mm-hmm. and that you could be missing. It's back to the questions you were just saying earlier, right? Hey, this is what I'm sensing. This is yep. what I'm seeing. Am I seeing this correctly? Even asking yourself that before you go to that person, mm-hmm. right? Because I have found that sometimes when I just sit still and ask God those questions and try to think through what scripture has to say about that and look at the passage that, that, that you know connects with that, i find that man most of the time that i don't even make that call or text or or email because i'm like nah that's me operating out of my family. yeah <clears throat> that's me operating out of myself that's not that's not godly what's my purpose here what's my motivation for this why am i saying this am i just a naturally bombastic person and yeah. maybe i need to fix it because i'm naturally bombastic i'm naturally black and white i'm naturally sarcastic which you know as you know sarcasm is the highest <laughs> form of, of
0: intelligence uh, <clears throat> but also not in um, 1 Corinthians 12. Um, uh, no, 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 also in not. In terms of one of the spiritual gifts. Um, but he, and, he and if you're offended by that, um, <laughs> and,
1: you know, I, I will no longer say that. For your okay. benefit, I will no longer say wow. that. Um, look at that. Good I'm luck. just making all kinds good, of humble moves right now. <laughs> hey, I'm offended that you don't trust the God. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think so. So I think sort of my closing thought on this in my yeah. head is uh, there needs to be balance. Um, yeah i think we are very subjective people we have thousands if not millions of biases working and operating every moment we have to be circumspect of our own intuition and our own understanding and so when we're about to say something hard to someone and coincidentally that 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 same bias could keep you from saying something yeah. Just like, you know, Danny is saying someone could just have to say it. Others are so paralyzed by the fear more than the actual thing that they need to do that they won't tell you if a Mack truck is coming. Yeah, I yeah. just think there needs to be balance. And the balance is struck, I think, through Scripture. The Word of God gets the final say. And I think if we really, really follow what God's Word said, particularly in the, non, in, the in the essentials, right? Not just yep. the non but in the essentials, we would have less discussions about uh, political fractions in our church, or about
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know social fractions in our church, about theological fractions in our church. If the heart of it is to love God, honor God, and care for each other, and and equip each other, and and waive our privilege and preferences so far as it equips and engages and loves and cares
0: for the other person, I think we will find ourselves
1: as a better church, a church that is more conducive to the move of God.
0: Yeah, Yep. Yeah. that's good. Well said. We do you think but we have time we, for the for the next question? No,
1: I don't think so because we are already at 1 min 1 hour no. and 2 minutes. So we yeah. we love you guys, but that's the beauty of this, I think, is yeah. the organic conversation. Um yeah, is there anything that that you feel like needs to be said about anything we've said already? I did yeah. want to ask you a question about your last sermon, brother. That was oh. that was a good treatment, particularly of that slavery passage. And, yeah. I know you wrote a couple of blogs after that but maybe we'll touch on that next week or so but well you can you words from
0: you uh you can still ask that question if you want to i was just going to say i mentioned one resource so i said it already but it's a great book uh, misreading scripture with western eyes um i read it i read it just on my own because somebody had recommended it to me and then it actually ended up being a book that we had to read in my seminary and so mm-hmm. it was good to reread and then actually have to write a paper on it um and i think um, somebody had said, I think it was Shandy. Uh, Shandy made a comment. Um, she goes, which was cultural for that time, which means totally weird for us now, but back then that's what they did. And, and you could really apply a sentence like that to a lot of the things that people read in scripture. I think, you know, some of the people that walk away from the Bible, um, maybe don't recognize the context of it and are freaked out by the fact that it's not a modern book. And so feel like oh, this is just weird. Like, why would I want to subscribe to this? And so I think it's important to come at it with a healthier lens. And so I'd highly recommend for anybody who's watching live or listening later on um, to check out this book, "Misreading Scripture with Western Eyes." Um, it's actually I think it's a short-ish read, um, and and just really um, interesting and and um, yeah, fascinating. So, you you had a question though about the sermon.
1: Yeah, no, I was going to say, any any feedback, any people reach out about that particular topic? Because I know it's a third-row topic in our society yeah. right now, Yeah. of how that passage either on one level promotes or does it condemn. And one of the things we talked about was the secular context that Paul was writing into. Right, right. Um, and and how that would be dramatically different um, in a Christian context. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so, you know, and I don't want to argue from silence. That's usually called an argument from silence. Um, mm-hmm. what scripture doesn't say, but um, yeah, any, any feedback on that? Any thoughts, how you feel about it? And um, I might, might not be as in depth as I'd love it to be.
0: Yeah, no, I think, um, and we've talked about this before that, you know, there, there are some passages that we come across, you know, in preaching that we're just like, Sigh. we need more time. <laughs> we need more time with this one because, you um, I don't know for you what what it's been like for you whenever you've preached. Um, But I've been in a church context now for coming up on 14 years and been in a preaching context specifically to adults for, I don't know, six or seven ish years. And, and it's inevitable that after any sermon you preach for, you know, 30 to 35 minutes, somebody will say, yeah, that's great. But you didn't talk about Mm -hmm. fill in the blank. It's like, I had, 30, <laughs> I had 30 minutes to talk about like years and years and years of history and context. And, right. and uh, you know, I don't want to make excuses, but like no, there's only, facts, you know, there's only so much you can do. Right. And yeah. so uh, we wrestled with, you know, the section of scripture that we had on marriage and parenting and then, Oh, we're going to throw in slavery and masters yeah, in that sh- section two. So, like it's a lot to cover, and there's so much that you want to say that you just can't, and so you can't. What, what's the phrase? You can't boil an ocean in a day, or something. Rome wasn't built mm. in a day. I'm, I'm mixing metaphors. I'm sure.
1: Boil the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. How big is that stove? Uh,
0: yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's a good question. Um, so, so the blog that went out, actually, I just did a little introduction, but then just pointed people to a resource that was already out there that's really great, uh, that I felt like. I don't really need to add much more to it. So I think it's just important that people just keep asking questions, keep learning, keep you know trying to figure out like, huh, I, must, I don't think I know that much about that topic. I should go and research more. And we are at a time in an age where we have access to all kinds of information more than ever before. And there's some bad stuff out there, but there's also some really good stuff out there. And so that's, I think, I think that's becoming one of our jobs, just as pastors in general, but also on Table Talk Thursday, to um, be able to point people to references that I think are trustworthy and helpful, um, and and maybe even challenging in some cases as well.
1: No, ditto. Um, I think um, what we've we've talked about, all three of us who teach regularly, is ensuring that we are um, sectioning out the text better in a way, or you know, so we can spend as much time, especially on a hot topic like that. So as we go through our series coming up uh, or in the future, as we go through another book, I'm sure we will will, uh, parse out um, the text uh, a little differently. Because, you know, for me, as far as I'm concerned, brother, we still be in Ephesians (laughs) chapter one
0: right now. For the next three
1: years, <laughs> we, right? yeah, I mean, maybe two yeah. years.
0: Give, me, no, a okay. give me a little bit credit, give me a little bit, because Christmas
1: right. and Easter, you know, because you know, in the words of, of 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 my soul, where are we running to? What are yeah. we off in the races to? Right? Yeah. Where else are we got go, to go? Right? Yeah, yeah. So, but speaking of which, a good plug is our series coming up is called yeah. Stick to the Gospel." Now, yeah. I don't know about you, brother, but I have seen infinitely more reaction to that than I've seen any yeah. other series. So, yeah. I wonder if people are eisegeting. Tell them what that means. Tell
0: them what eisegeting Do your Googles. <laughs> no, I'm All joking.
1: Right. No. Okay. no, no, no. Uh, I wonder how much we're reading into that, um, yeah. what we want to hear.
0: And, hmm. um,
1: so I, I'm, I'm curious to know yeah. um, what that is. But we do want to stick to the gospel. We never outgrow the gospel of Jesus yeah. Christ. I think the fundamental problem is that some of us have a different understanding,
0: of what the yeah. Is.
1: Um, the good news that you on Gelion is, yeah. So, anyway, well, we could keep talking. We do have a special guest coming next week, yep. Um, and uh, you'll have to guess who, um, next week. And so, he or she uh will be with us, and we will have a grand time in the Lord and fascinate that we are praying for you, brother. Uh, we pray that the Lord will give you a divine. to to write that that divine download to write that dastardly dissertation
0: Um, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) but anyway that's it for me i I know right brother you get the last word no thanks for being with us stay cool out there stay hydrated Um, love your family be with them Um, love your neighbors get get around them get to know their stories Uh, stay humble in conversation as we are in isolation (laughs) at times and, uh, kind of stick to ourselves, but, you know, be, be thinking outside of yourself in, in love and grace and compassion and humility. So, yeah. All
1: right. Love you guys.